No, but uh, there is uh, no perfect person. And we, we studied that a little bit in our Sunday school lesson. Perfect does not mean without flaw. It's, it speaks of returning to that position before the fall, returning to what God had created or intended before the fall. But this morning's message is, I have this block in my ear, it really sounds odd, but um, the message is chosen to make good choices. <laughs> chosen to make good choices. <clears throat> the um, various words uh, uh, that come from the same word, there's choose, chose, chosen. Choose, chose, chosen. And choose is a past tense. Um, the chose, I get them mixed up, choose and chose. Chose is to pick out or select. I chose that watermelon. Um, uh, chosen is that watermelon has already been chosen. <laughs> okay? So whenever we're choosing something, um, we are making a decision. So as we look at the message today, we're going to hopefully see it in the context of that we need to make wise choices. And that was in what Rhonda read, um, that this, this, this uh, lady came to grips with all the problems and, and so on of her childhood. And I like the idea, get over it. That was a long time ago. It's like, okay. okay. <laughs> you know, sometimes we, well, I don't know what it is about <clears throat> pain and sorrow and things like that. Some things just never go away. You know, they just keep coming back. And when they come back, we, you know, we try and hatch them again. We set on them for a while. And God's saying, let it go, you know, let it go. Well, today, we're looking at Genesis 37. And we're going to look at Joseph briefly here as we move into this idea of choosing and chosen. So I think Joseph, his story is one that conveys the hand of God guiding the events of, of the life of Joseph. It brings about his purpose. It brings about his formation uh, as an individual. We see that it brings about blessings for him and blessing for his, his family and his extended family for the next 400 years. So it is a, is it a, it is a monumental decision that comes with Joseph and his surroundings that happen in these verses here in Genesis chapter 37. Jacob stayed and lived in the land of Cana. This is the same land where his father had lived. This is the story of Jacob's family. Joseph was a young man, 17 years old. His job was to care for the sheep and the goats. Joseph did this work with his brothers, his, the sons of Bilhah and Zilphah, and um, were his father's wives. Joseph told his father about the bad things that his brothers did. Not too bright, Joseph. <laughs> did you ever tattle on your brothers? Well, they deserved it. <laughs> they were going to get away with it, and I couldn't see that happening, you know. Uh, so my older brothers couldn't tattle on me because I never did anything wrong. <laughs> Dodging lightning bolts there. So Joseph was born at a time when his father Israel was very old. So Israel loved him more than he loved his brothers. Joseph, Jacob gave him a special coat, which was long and very beautiful. 
When Joseph's brothers saw that their father loved Joseph more than they loved them, they hated their brother because of this. They refused to say nice things about him. One time, Joseph had a special dream. Later, he told his brothers about this dream, and after that, his brothers hated him even more. <laughs> Joseph said, I had a dream. We were all working in the field, tying stacks of wheat together. Then my stack got up. It stood there while all your stacks of wheat made a circle around mine and bowed down to it. You can imagine Joseph's brothers, you know, they're listening to this and they're just fuming because they don't like this kid to begin with. His brother said, do you think this means that you will be a king and rule over us? His brothers hated Joseph more now than ever. Than the, more now because of the dream he had about them. Then Joseph had another dream. He told his brothers about it, and he said, I had another dream. I saw the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowing down to me. Joseph also told his father about the dream, but his father criticized, rebuked him. His father said, what kind of dream is this? Do you believe that your mother, your brothers, and I will bow down to you? Joseph's brothers continued to be jealous of him, but his father thought about these things and wondered what they could mean. Now, whenever we read the life of Joseph, it's a, it's a very interesting one. It's, there's so many different things that we can take away from his life and the events that happen and the circumstances that they happen in. But I was, um, again, looking at the idea of choosing. I thought I'd look at how that Joseph was chosen by his father, Israel, and he was his favorite son, and he showed that by giving Joseph a coat of many colors. And, you know, it was, it was like a symbol, a badge that he could wear, I'm dad's favorite. I once said that Joseph was a spoiled child, and someone didn't like that very well, and they told me, what I could do with my sermon. <laughs> they said, that's not true. Because, you know, and they went on to the reasons why that Joseph couldn't have been a spoiled child. I said, okay. So anyhow, we know that Joseph was chosen. He's chosen by God. He said, I had a dream. All right, so we've got chosen going on here a lot. His dream, as we look back, was a revelation. When you look back, see, this is the challenge, because when we look back, we see things differently. But whenever we're going forward into them, you know, it's like making choices. What is the right direction? What is the right thing that I should do in this situation? Well, Joseph is his dream working in the field, you know, and tying stacks of grain together. You know, they, they cut the, the grain off at the ground and they pull it all together and put it in sheaves that we would call and everybody's working in the field and Joseph is saying that Oh, your, my sheath is that we had laid down. It stood up, and all the things that you did came circled around me and bowed down. Well, if you don't like somebody and he just tells you <laughs> you're going to bow down to him, one thing to note is later on as we go through this, we find out that Potiphar saw the hand of God on Joseph's life. Why didn't his brothers... You see, his brothers didn't see the hand of God because they had already chosen to hate the kid. You know, they don't like him because their mothers were jealous. 
Israel had uh, uh, three, four wives, and the wives, their sons, they were all jealous of Rachel. Wasn't it Rachel, his wife? That Rachel was his wife, and all the other wives were jealous of Rachel. And so when Rachel has a son, Joseph, they're, they're, the, the, the wives are jealous, and their kids are jealous, and Joseph doesn't have a chance. So we'll go on. Joseph was chosen by his brother Reuben. You see, whenever his brothers decided to kill him, Reuben decided to save him. So they put him in a, put him in a well and they sold him as a slave going to Egypt. In verse chapter 39, 3, Potiphar saw that the Lord was with Joseph and that the Lord helped Joseph to be successful in everything he did. So what we have going on now is we have a dream. No. I think we all, I don't know, all of us have some sort of a dream. You know, retiring, <laughs> getting to the end, Finishing well, that was the kind of the theme of the 50-year people. You know, they had, we, we mentioned that, that, that was Wednesday night, that um, they had a celebration for in, individuals who have been ordained for 50 years. And um, so the, 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 the theme at that point was finishing strong. Well, I was, I was licensed in 1972, so 2022 will be 50 years of preaching, and sooner or later, I'll get it right, because I'm going to keep trying. <laughs> and in, 70, in, in 76, I was ordained, so in 2026, 20, it'll be 50 years. So, and I still haven't gotten it right. <laughs> We're still working at it. All right. So, Joseph was selected by um, Potiphar. And he's, Potiphar saw the hand of God in his life, so much so that he allowed just Joseph to work for him and handle everything in his, his whole household. So Joseph was chosen because Joseph chose to work hard. Well, there was another individual who made a choice. It was Potiphar's wife. <laughs> she chose Joseph, and she goes right out and tells him, I want you to sleep with me. And, and, and Joseph has to make a decision. He said he refuses, and it, he says that it'll be, I can't do this to my master because he's made me second in command under him, and it'll be a sin against God. I can't do this, and Joseph runs off. Well, you know what happens when you make good choices, don't you? You're rewarded. Joseph went to prison. That's no reward. Well, you see, sometimes... We have to choose to continue to choose to do the right thing even when bad things continue to happen. See, that's the challenge is that Joseph has to choose to believe in the dream that God had given him, not so much that his brothers are going to bow down and his father and all of them are going to bow down, but that somehow, somewhere in him and in his future, it is that this has to deal with me and my family, and I don't know what it is, but he, he has to do the good things. He has to do the right things. And so Joseph chose then not to betray God, not to betray Potiphar, and he's thrown in prison. Verse 39, verse 20. So Potiphar put Joseph into prison where the king's enemies were held. Now, this is important. He's in the prison where all of the radicals, 
the insurrectionists, those who are against the state, <laughs> those who are against Pharaoh worship, those who are against the, the, the political system, these are guys, these are, these are not just the ordinary criminals. These are the guys that <laughs> were enemies of the state, enemies of, uh, of the king. So Joseph then, chosen by God, goes to this prison, <laughs> the very special prison that Joseph is sent to. And what does it say, jo- 3921? The Lord was with Joseph and continued to show his kindness to him. Now, Joseph has to choose to continue to believe in God. What if Joseph had said, you know, I worked hard. I did all the right things. My brother sold me as a slave. I went to Potiphar's house. I did all the right things. I, 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 I did, you know, kept the house. I made him money. It was profitable. And his wife framed me. I'm tired of doing the right thing. He didn't do that. He got to prison. And what happens there? The commander, verse 23, the commander of the guard trusted Joseph with everything that was in the prison. And here's another point. He was chosen by the prison. Um, Where does it say here that? Oh, verse 22. Joseph was their leader, but he still did the same work they did. Joseph has to go to prison, and he he refuses to just quit and lay down. Fed up with God, fed up with his family. There's no, I mean, once you're a slave, you're a slave, there's no getting out of it. You know, you can't buy your freedom, not not in Egypt. And being in the prison, you know, you're just left there to rot. So Joseph could have given up, and but the, he, he refused to give up. He continued to do the right thing. He continued to work hard. He continued to apply himself in whatever way he could, and he found favor with the commander. And then he still, he ran the prison and still did the work that the other prisoners did. Wow. Chosen to be forgotten. This is verse um, 23. Leading up to this, we have the baker and the wine tester. They are in this prison, and they have dreams. Each one has a dream. Joseph interprets the dream. The baker, he says, you're going to be hung in three days, and the wine tester, you're going to go back to the king's court in three days. Sure enough, three days, the baker was hung. The wine tester went back to Pharaoh's court, and Joseph says, remember me when you get back to the king. Eh, he was forgotten. Two years. Two years he's forgotten. Now, how long do you continue to have a good attitude when things go wrong? How long do you continue to do the right things for the right reasons when you've done nothing that deserves you being put in this position? <laughs> See? Not everything works out, you know, the Bible says all things work together for good, and sometimes it's a lifetime of working before you see the good. Joseph had a dream, and it was the dream that put him there. And so if he just kept his mouth shut about his dream, but you see, you can't keep quiet about something that God gives you. And another thing, I heard a man talk about this, he says, just because God gives you a dream doesn't mean other people are going to agree with you. 
When God gives you a dream, a desire, that some people are going to be critical of that and say, you know, you can't do that. So that's why sometimes our dreams have to be between us and God. Because sometimes people are more harmful to our dreams than supportive of our dreams. So we just need to be faithful to God, do the right things, and continue to work until they come to pass. Well, in Genesis 41, 39, Pharaoh said to Joseph, well, first of all, we have, he's forgotten for two years. Pharaoh has a dream. He can't remember, he, can't, he doesn't know what it means. His, all of his wise um, soothsayers and things can't figure out what it means. So the wine tester remembers Joseph. I know somebody who can interpret that, sins for Joseph. And what happens, we find that Joseph is able to interpret the king's dream. And so Pharaoh said to Joseph, God showed these things to you. Very important. When we have ideas, dreams, when we're searching for a meaning to what's going on, Joseph knows God's behind it in his life, but the everyday events don't line up with what he feels God has shown him. Okay? You know, God, I, was, I, I had this dream, and it has some very important imagery here and some important issues that need to be resolved, but everything around me says this dream is not real. But he, he continued to believe, he continued to, to work it, and then Pharaoh has a dream. And Pharaoh says, after Joseph has interpreted the dream, he, Pharaoh says, God has showed these things to you. You must be the wisest man. Verse 40, I will put you in charge of my country. <laughs> and the people will obey all your commands. I will be the only one more powerful than you. Wow. Pharaoh chose to see Joseph for who he was. Now, as we said, there are many things to learn from the, the life of, of Joseph. But today we're looking at chosen to make good choices. <laughs> we are to take pride in your choices. And, and this all started about an article that I read about uh, this very thing. It says, we are, to be, we are to take pride in your choices and not your gifts. Or your privileges or your status. There's something that is super important that people, young people, old people, all people need to understand for parents and for adults to teach, to preach that it's about your choices, not about your giftings. It's easy for talented people to take pride in their gifts. This is where many athletes and even very, and, and scholars can get off course. They can be the best in their school and they go to college and they're barely average. And then they're, maybe they're the best in the college and they go to the pros and they barely make it. <laughs> because when you keep moving up, the abilities continue to increase and the knowledge continues to increase. And whenever you're the, the genius of your school and you go to the university, you find you're just one of many geniuses. <laughs> you know? So what does it mean? 
It means that we are to put forth an effort. You see, to be the best in college, to be the one with the most talent, to be the one that's most gifted, or the one with the most potential, doesn't mean a thing. If we are not willing to put work into those things. See, uh, I'm an athlete, or I'm smart, or I'm really good at math. That's fine, and that's good, and we need to celebrate our gifts, but we need to see how that we could take pride and where we can end up being proud. And what I mean by proud is having a higher or exceedingly high opinion of oneself. It's not wrong to have pride in your school, pride in yourself, your dress, you know. Uh, you know. It's, it's okay. Those ty- that type of pride is fine. But whenever we, take, whenever we take, when we use our emotions and say, I'm better than those people, that type of pride is is um, detrimental. Do you know the, the number one draft pick for the Pittsburgh Steelers? You know his name? What's that? His last name is Harris. Do you know where he celebrated his being, uh, being the first draft pick, the highest draft pick, number one draft pick of the Steelers? Do you know where he was at? He took his family to the homeless shelter where he and his mother and brothers and sisters lived for a while. You see, he, he was the top draft pick. He was one of the top, whatever, 15 people chosen out of all of the college, all of, out of all the eligible athletes leaving college. And this young man, 20s, he takes his w- mother, or he takes his wife, I think he's married, I don't know, he takes his mother and his brothers and sisters, and they go to this homeless shelter And he was there with them whenever he got the news that he was chosen. You see, he he, he doesn't have that pride that I am better than you. He has a work, he has an ethic about his life that says that who he is, he has to continue to work at. He has to continue to be better at. He has to put this together. You know, it's something we need to realize he is gifted, he is talented, but if he doesn't work at it, it's not going to work. And see, and he, has to, he had to understand that, and he is that type of a person. And the, the Roonies uh, said that he's the perfect fit for the Steelers. There's a pastor who went to the farmer and says to the farmer, My, what God has given you here on your farm, your cornfields, look how green and growing they are. And he looks around and says, Oh, my, what God has given you in the hay field. Hay is growing, and it's up in the wheat and the, and the oats, all that is growing so well. God has been so good. And the farmer says, you should have seen it when God had it by himself. Yes, there we go. Thank you very much. You see, we're there to put in the effort. It's God who gives the increase. <laughs> you see, most of all, what we can be proud of is our choices. Can you imagine all of the negative choices that a homeless young man could make without, you know, with his mother and siblings. All of the, the choices he could have made that would have destroyed himself and his life. But he chose to follow that which is right and that which was good, as far as we know. And now he is the number one draft pick for the Steelers. Colossians 4, and five, Colossians 4 verse 5 and 6, it says, Be wise in the way you act with those who are not believers. 
Use your time in the best way you can. So being wise in how we look at our life and how we look at our talents. Proverbs 16, 18, pride is the first step toward destruction. Pride, that I am better than you, pride. Not that I'm, I'm, I'm proud of what we've done, what my accomplishments, I'm cl- but you see, there's a lot of work behind the accomplishments. We see that the question is, how do or how did you decide to use your giftings? How did we decide to use our giftings? You know, did you study hard? Did you work hard? Did you practice? Did you read up on subjects? You people who excel combine gifts and hard work. Hard work is part of the choice. And Joseph, you know, <laughs> there were more slaves in Egypt than there were Egyptians. Okay? And slaves, they weren't that expensive. If you didn't work, you could sell them. And if you sold them, you can buy somebody else's slave. So Joseph, he could have been sold off. He, if he'd have gone there with a bad attitude, you know, my brother sold me, I'll never get out of this, you know, he could have been in some salt mine somewhere. But he did the right thing. Can you imagine him going to prison? And the first thing he says in prison, ah, it's framed. I'm innocent. (laughs) Do you think how many people would have believed him? I'm Joseph. Don't you know who I am? I was framed by Potiphar's wife. And they're all back there. We're all framed, Joseph. (laughs) You know? So hard work. You know, when we're sitting in a vacuum, like church, we say hard work. Yep, I heard that before when I'm supposed to take out the garbage, right? <laughs> I'm supposed to take out the garbage. That's hard work would make character. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't hard work. You know, my mom always told me, take two aspirin and go to the barn. You know, mom, I don't feel well. Take two aspirin and go to the barn. And when you finish your chores, you can go to bed. Mom, I want to go to bed now. No, go finish your chores. Then you can go to bed. Take two aspirin. That was my mother's cure for everything. So, so the reason this is so important, it needs to be mentioned so that we all can encourage each other and our children that we are to praise gifts. Excuse me. We are, we are not to... we end up trying to praise people's gifts and not their efforts. Efforts is what makes it work. Giftings are things, you know, whenever, (laughs) we were just talking about this the other day, whenever um, Rachel went to college, you know, she always studied in high school. She was always studying. I mean, if she had something, she studied for it. David Michael, he got A's and he didn't even, he didn't have to. So he goes to college, and he didn't know how to study. Rachel, she knew how to do it because that's what she did. So she knew how to work and how to put the subjects and how to learn it and put it together. It took David about three years before he figured it out. And it was only because of a divine mandate came down from his father. Not the heavenly father, this earthly father. <laughs> and you better, get your, you better get this going on, this whole thing. So... So in our spiritual development, same thing applies. In, in Joshua 24, 15, 
It is unacceptable in your sight to serve the Lord. If it is unacceptable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose, choose, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. The challenge to us is why don't we put our faith out there? Why don't we say, I choose to serve God. I choose to listen to God. I choose to do the right thing because I feel that this is what God wants me to do. So the work, or desi- uh, dis- the work or discipline in our spiritual life is to make time to come to church. <laughs> make time for Bible reading. Make time to pray. Make time to take care of your spiritual self because that's the part that's going to last for eternity. And if we build the spiritual self, which isn't built on gifts and um, abilities and talents. It's built on walking with God. So Joshua, he had an impossible task whenever he wrote this. He was beyond his natural ability. He has to take a, a bunch of people who have been walking around the desert for 40 years and make them into an army to go in and drive out all of the people that are in their land of promise. And that means Jericho, the Hittites, Hivites, Parasites, Jebusites, all those guys in their fortified cities, he has to take this ragtag people of the wandering around the desert and go and take care of that and drive them out of that city, out of that land. You see, he had to know it's not me, it's God. There's a lady on an airplane, you know, they're flying and they ran into this turbulence. And the plane is shaking. If you've ever been on one of those, it's kind of scary. <laughs> There's this turbulence, the plane is shaking up and down and dropping. And she says, and she, out loud, she says, God, still the air. And immediately, boom, plane was level. And the guy that's sitting next to her says, whoa, how do you have such power? <laughs> She says, well, it's not me, it's God. And you see, that's where we look at ourselves. Our, we, have a, we have a pride in what we look, how we look, what we dress, our, maybe our, our home. We have to have that type of a pride that, you know, you know, we don't have junk cars all over the place and tires and some type of pride in ourselves and in our neighborhood and things. That, that's good, that kind of pride is good. But a pride that says... I'm better than, and people are less than me. That's destructive. So Joseph was willing to see how that God would move in his life. And as he made the right choices, God would fulfill the dream that he put in his heart many years prior. Deuteronomy says in chapter 7, verse 6, and 6, 7, and 8, because you are a people holy to the Lord your God, the Lord your God chose you to be his own treasured people beyond all others. Verse 7, it was not because you were greater than all the other people that the Lord loved you and chose you. In fact, you were the smallest of the people. No, it is because the Lord loved you and because he kept the solemn pledge he swore to your ancestors. You see, God's love for you is a spiritual promise, a spiritual gift. 
And God is not willing that any should perish, but that we would all come to know him as our Savior, but not only as Savior, but as friend, that we would be adopted, having that equal, equal rights. In Philippians chapter 1, verse 4, Praise be to God for giving, uh, for giving us, through Christ, every possible spiritual benefit. God has given to us every possible spiritual benefit. Consider what he has done. Before the foundation of the world, he chose. He chose. Past tense. This happened before you were born. God chose you. Why? Because he loves you. Now, it's important that we know God has chosen everyone, but some people refuse to listen, sign up for it. They refuse to obey. They refuse to listen. But we who listen, those who come to know Christ, he is telling us he has chosen. He chose you. Singular, purposeful, prior. To, he chose us to become in Christ holy, blameless children, living within the constant care he planned his purpose of love, that we should be adopted as his own children through Jesus Christ, that we might learn to praise that glorious generosity of this which he has made us welcome. In their everlasting love, he bears towards the Son. He's done all of this for us. An everlasting love. So here we are, chosen, to make good choices. No matter how long it takes to fulfill the dream, there's, there's work involved in it. There's blood, sweat, and tears involved in it. But because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it won't. And for Joseph, it took a lot of learning to move from being the, the favorite son to going into slavery working his way to the top, being framed by Potiphar's wife, thrown in prison, in a prison that was not a very good place. He worked his way to the top. He led the prison. And then he gets, two years later, he's brought to Pharaoh and becomes second in command of Egypt. His brothers did bow down before him, but they didn't know it was him. <laughs> and in our lives, I always think, Sometimes, sometimes we assume that other people get where they're going by, you know, it was just given to them. Well, most people, it wasn't given to them. They had to work their way there, had to go through problems and difficulties to get there. So we don't put people on a plateau and say, oh, that just, they just fell into that. No, they had to work their way to get there. We have to work our way. And, and it isn't by works of alone, but it's by the grace of God. So God and I and my work and my prayers and, my and the direction and the dream and they all kind of work together to form a good where I can take my talents and my abilities, my work ethic and my belief, bring them together and God will use them to bring us to the place he wants us to be. Amen? We are chosen to make good choices. Chosen to make good choices. Father, I thank you. 
Thank you that you chose us. God, your hand is upon us, just as it was on Joseph. It's on each one of us. And so, Lord, when we pass through those difficult trials and situations and whatever they may be, we continually have to make the right choice. So thank you, God, for guiding us and giving us your spirit, your love, your grace, your mercy. And that, Lord, we give you thanks and praise for choosing us to be your children. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. And God bless you.